What's up, guys, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, we've got some things to talk about this week, some fun stuff that I'm pretty excited about. But first, and I suppose we should mention, this is the first episode of the second year of the podcast, I guess, if you want to call it that. Second season. I'm not sure what to call it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It feels good, I think. Well, congratulations, Casey. We made you it. You too, Brent. We did And it. we were thinking about saying something on episode 26, but we never quite got around to it, did we? No. So here we are, episode 27. If we don't acknowledge it now, we never will. So we are in year two of Paint Bravely, the podcast, and I'm glad that you're here, whether you're just joining us or whether you've been here the whole time like us. I suppose we've mostly been here. <laughs> it's, it's a matter of opinion, really. Well, we're glad you're here now, and that's the important thing. Year two, baby. Yeah. And on that note, what have you been doing the last couple weeks, Brent, since we last talked? Uh, Casey, you forgot something very important. We're doing a new thing. Yes. Like As part of our our process to revamp and upgrade this podcast mm -hmm. we are doing hot tips of the day are we just gonna just, start the hot tips then right at the beginning is that what we're doing i, I think we have to okay so this is it, it encourages us you and i to actually have something of worth mm -hmm. to bring to the episode each time Bravely painting. and why don't you start with your hot tip of the day because i gotta let this cat out of the door because he's decided now just... it's better that he's he's better that he's going rather than coming this you is know, a good thing sometimes I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Sometime all right, now he see Brent doesn't have his headphones on, so I can say whatever I want, but I gotta say it fast. Every time he does this, he thinks that I'm gonna be talking about something important and something or other, but then I gotta come back real quick and talk about paint. So then the bottle of paint doesn't explode. You know what I'm saying, Brent? Uh I mean you just gotta re uh regrease the the crank. What what do you call it? Rethread the bottle. Yeah, the vortexers. Is that what we're talking about? Vortexers. No, I missed All it. All right. Anyway, so my, I tried my hot to, tip. I tried to jump in off of, off of like two syllables that you said. <laughs> I know. It's I heard okay. I tried the to bottle set you of paint up. just doesn't close, and I've had that problem uh, before. See, and... I said explode. So that's that's where we went wrong. That was my bad. That's that was my bad. My hot Look. tip of the week is Vallejo plastic putty. Okay. Yeah, you got you got your bottle. You got your bottle. I'm proud of you. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it when things All work right. out. I've got my bottle of Vallejo plastic putty. <laughs> now, the thing is, is when you're putting together Dark Eldar Warriors, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you got that new fifth generation, the 5th uh, the edition 40K Dark Eldar Warrior. Yeah. You got your front half of the torso, the back half of the torso. Right, the And two, that means yeah, right yeah. down that shoulder seam. There's a big old crack that does not seal right. Absolutely. And if you're trying to seal that up, you pull out your Vallejo plastic putty, and it kind of works, but not really. <laughs> yep. But Casey's going to tell you how much he likes <laughs> this product. So, Casey, take it away. All right. So, Vallejo plastic putty is not for gap filling. Just don't even bother. Okay? And, and that's not to say that I haven't seen it work. I've seen it work for some people, and they like it a lot, and it fills the Casey gaps. Casey is changing whatever. his hot tip of the day on the fly. Am I? 
<laughs> he was gonna say it was for gap filling and then i just shut that down so go ahead casey tell us what it's for i see it. I see i'd what love to hear it let's see what you're doing here now if i could uh turn your attention to your monitor and the notes that we've written down we're doing fine hmm. all right so Vallejo plastic putty, while it can be used for gap filling in, in specific circumstances, and it is water soluble, so you can kind of spread it out and build it up in, in layers, so to speak, to kind of make it more seamless. Um, I personally like it for texture. You can be really purposeful about how you apply this, like you can kind of stipple it on or you know, just glob it on there, whatever you kind of want to do, and move the stuff around, and it creates a thin film of texture on your models, um, especially on cloaks. I like to stipple this all over and kind of build it up on some of the, the rougher areas. And that way, when you go to paint that cloak, you know, you get your highlights and your shadows, but you have that extra bit of real texture that wasn't on the model before. And because you're only doing it on one part, it stands out nicely and it just kind of acts a little bit more realistic and it, and it just, it just looks cool. So, I would definitely recommend Vallejo Plastic Putty, not for gap filling, but for texture. That's actually really interesting. I knew there was a reason I didn't throw this right in the trash. Exactly, because it but, is mostly uh, garbage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, backing up a second, this is a product that comes in the regular old Vallejo paint dropper bottle, mm -hmm. but instead of a color, it says plastic putty on that it. That is correct. One part, plastic putty. <laughs> Is that all it says? Good for texture. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't I don't know what else is in it. Water-based marble dust dries to a hard surface which can be painted, cut, or sculpted. That's what you were just saying. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Very good. All right. Yeah. I got my hot tip of the day coming up. And this is for you uh card sharks out there. Any uh, poker players, you got your magicians, you got uh, any sleight of hand artists. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of airbrushing recently, and I told you on a previous episode that I bought a lot of playing cards because they were cheap. 12 packs. I've got a, I've got a very specific niche application for 3D printing that I like to use playing cards with, but... I've also figured they are really useful as shields when you're doing airbrushing. So if you're trying to paint a bit and you don't want to paint all the other bits on the model that same color, um, you know, normally you use a little bit of tin foil or, you know, piece of paper or what have you, but actually a really conveniently sized and shaped and weighted a uh, hobo shield, as they're called, mm, or, is yeah, a playing card. Level. Yeah, I almost said that. Yeah, too. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a very next level term. Yeah, exactly. We just mm -hmm. use their hobo shield. It's one of my favorites, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Hey, hey, Kenny, how you doing? <laughs> next level painting, folks. Check them out. All right, so. The the reason I like this is it is just the right size to be very convenient. You know, if you, you're holding a model, you're holding your airbrush, you're trying to hold a, a shield of some kind at the same time. I don't know, playing card just works great. It's got a little bit of flex in it. And it is also useful because some folks just just have the muscle memory in their hands to be really good at holding cards. 
I, I know it sounds a little bit crazy, and uh, I am not somebody who has a, a ton of dexterity with cards, but man, if you could just be like rolling that shield around on your fingers and just yeah, yeah. dancing across your knuckles and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just all all the angles, the the manual dexterity that's that's item specific, man. What I'm saying is if you buy like 12 decks of playing cards for uh, $8.43 and you're, you're looking for applications for them, mm-hmm. you're looking for justification for having bought that many playing cards, oh, sure, eventually you'll use them for actual games of cards, but... The power goes out, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there are times, but... uh yeah, little. I like them as hobo shields too. That's where I was going with that. Yeah, yeah, I like it. And uh, you know, you don't feel bad when you rip them up. That's nice, right? Now, of course, with our with our crowd here, you know, maybe we should just be talking about not playing cards, but Magic the Gathering commons. I mean, I I don't know if I okay okay. Well, <laughs> let's let's take a step back here. Hang on, get some. Some land cards. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Now you're, you're you're almost speaking my language here. I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking a little ad card that comes in the back of a, you know, a, a little pack, right? Oh sure. Like uh, the non, not that like land is worth money, like at all, for the most no, part. No. Well. Oh yeah. No, it is, but it's not for the most part. We, you know, we you can't get your... into that. This is not a Magic the Gathering podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Paint Bravely, the podcast, is not a Magic the Gathering podcast. No, no, that will happen someday on accident, I'm sure. Well, hey, if if there's a set of Warhammer cards, oh yeah, that's going to be an episode of Goobertown Hobbies. We'll oh, see yeah. if it's an episode that, that or, literally or is like a three thing. episodes of Paint Bravely, the podcast, too. <laughs> I totally Life forgot. finds a way. I, I totally forgot that's a real thing. That's, that's uh-huh. a real thing. He didn't dream it. No. <laughs> but even that commons come on man like those are playable don't do that oh they're playable but uh you know in in my memories of the days when i used to leave my house i'm, I'm remembering gen con and at gen con one of the events that goes on over the four-day weekend is building towers of cards mm. so there's just one segment of one of the lobbies that's just kind of roped off and it's filled with card towers people are making houses and out of and skyscrapers out of cards and what the design that most people use involves just putting a a crimp right down the center mm. of cheap cards yeah. and so you know you'll see your star trek customizable card game you'll see your pokemon cards and you'll see a lot of magic cards i mean if you start busting packs you know, some folks know what they're looking for, and they put those aside, and everything else goes, I mean, sometimes into the trash, but sometimes into the pile of, of special applications. So you're making card towers, you're making, oh yeah, you know, you got your, your hobo shields for when you're doing some airbrushing. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. okay, I, I have a, I, I like your suggestion. It's cool. It's fine. It's fine. Um. I would suggest, though, if you do have commons of magic cards, like find some kid who doesn't know any different and just unload your commons on that kid. Yeah. Um, find a child's life to ruin. I did that. Uh, I did that. Yeah. 
con- con- condemn this child to a to a lifetime of of nerd dumb and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Well, my my nephew was uh he was on the tipping point and then uh, his friend showed him magic the gathering and uh and then he came came to my house for a couple weeks in the summer and uh that was it that was it for him yeah there's there's uh points in our life when we we come to a crossroads we there's a mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. fork in the road and you know if there's a 30 year old man handing you a 800 stack of, of magic the gathering cards yep there you go i i think i gave him like a couple of like long boxes single long boxes you know the big ones yeah yeah, what are those? Seven hundred fifty cards, something, something like, like that. that. It's a lot. Depends on the card stock. Yeah. yeah, long boxes. I was missing that word, but and now it's there again. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> so, at times like these, Casey, uh, I like to remember that on the very first episode of the first year of Paint Bravely the podcast, mm-hmm. we talked about a pool table for like eight minutes. That is correct. So. So I think we're doing a good job right now. We've only been on like a four-minute detour into talking about magic cards and yeah, misspent youth and mm, that's very true. Um, but we're learning. We're gonna we're gonna keep this moving along. What's next, Casey? What have you been working well, on? Well, just because you mentioned the pool table, I'm, mm, I'm gonna bring us back for a second. So the video I put out last week was the the finale to that story. And that's how long it took us to get there. That was a good video. Why don't you tell us about it, Casey? <laughs> um, so I talked about getting all the hobbies done stuff last week. Well, I put it together. I made a video about kind of the level system that we've talked about here on this podcast before of hobby spaces. I put that into a video format and I showed the entire process of me building the room, the set, all of the stuff. And, of course, it started with footage of that pool table being dismantled after I did sell it for the money I was asking. So I'm not going to go any further for that. You have to listen back to the first episode to get that context. I actually, I must not have been paying attention to, like, those five seconds of footage. I need to go back <laughs> now and rewatch that. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's totally in there. I missed that part. <laughs> On purpose for all of you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Easter eggs. We appreciate that, Because, like, Casey. nobody else has any context that. for that footage other than the people that have been here since the beginning. So I, I appreciate each and every one of you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, stay right here for, for more. more great content. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be honest. I wrote down... Two quick tips, just in case you completely rejected my first quick tip. I think I'm gonna do that sometimes, like yeah. just in just in case just like I, I feel like one of them might be kind of weak. Uh, so I used epoxy sculpt mm-hmm. for the first time this week. Okay, and this is I kind of put it in the in the continuum of epoxy putties mm-hmm. meant for sculpting. So on the on the most expensive side of that continuum, you have the green stuff that you buy from a games workshop store. Yeah, like $12, half an inch of blue and Yeah, yeah they give you a stick of a gum, put it in a blister pack, and charge. I don't even know what it is, but I'm sure it would make me a little bit angry. anymore. Uh, I think Mm -hmm. that the the Army Painter one, which is presumably cheaper, is still like 9 bucks for like 3 or 4 inches. Yeah. 
So, so on the continuum, you've got GW green stuff, then it goes army painter green stuff, then it goes knee to tight, which is just, you get a roll for the same price, but it's the same stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once you start to go to it's slightly different two-part epoxies, there's, uh, milliput, mm -hmm. which is, you know, making another, another big leap in terms of price per quantity mm -hmm. of putty that you're getting. And, and the properties are a little bit different. It's a, uh, you know, a little bit softer. There's a few varieties. Yeah. They have, milliput. they have like, uh, I think it's just soft or like hard. Yeah. Soft and hard and like maybe yeah, medium. it might just be firm and yeah, original basically, or something yeah. like that. I, I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yep. So, so that comes in instead of like sticks that are divided, it's uh, like tubes mm -hmm. come, comes a couple of little, yeah, tube, uh, little sausages rolled up in a box. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I've, I've recently found the, the next step in this progression is epoxy sculpt, which is two separate little jars. And again, the, the price per quantity you're getting more and more efficient here. And, and again, the, the properties in terms of what it feels like in your hand and, you know, if you, if you have a ball and you compress it, does it form cracks or not? Mm -hmm. um, it, it is a little bit different from, from the others, but for my purposes, I've been making a lot of these bases where I'm just putting a cobblestone base onto a regular old plastic mini base. Mm -hmm. And for that purposes, it works fine. And for the amount of these bases that I'm going to need to make for this army I'm working on, uh, I'm glad I found a cheaper epoxies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, for what you're doing, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go green stuff. That would get expensive. Even, even the cheap green stuff like yeah. that, that would definitely get expensive. That would add up. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, how come, um, how come you decided not to just 3d print like 20 different versions of, the same base you know what i mean yeah yeah so this is actually a a pretty good topic of conversation i don't like 3d printed bases right. so there's there's a couple of reasons for this um one i really like to put a magnet under my base okay and so yeah i could see that the, the bases from gw and some other companies are kind of hollow underneath mm -hmm. they're they're a piece of polystyrene but they it's all supported on the lip of the base and then actually underneath is hollow. And so I can glue a magnet under there. Um, but also I just like the material of that polystyrene, you know, yeah. black polystyrene yeah. plastic. It is nice to work it's, with. Yeah. It's durable. Mm -hmm. It, um, you know, you can, d depending on when you're putting things together, you might be able to just plastic cement the actual model down to the base, mm -hmm. uh, which is not what I'm doing on this army, but, um, yeah, I just, uh, mostly I like how durable they are. And when I'm 3D printing, if, if there's a, a little bit of a mess up in the print run mm. and like the edge of the base isn't perfect, <laughs> that's the sort of thing that'll, that'll bother me to no that's, end. That's funny. Or if I'm, you know, taking the, the bases off of the print tray and I, I chip the edge a little bit or something that would bother me just to absolutely to no end. Um, so yeah, I'm I am in camp, uh, regular old plastic base that you do something fancy on top of, and okay. maybe incorporate a few three D printed bits on there. But mm. man, that 
that pristine black plastic edge gotta have it yeah. for me okay then um because i totally i totally get what you mean but but a couple things that, that kind of came to mind um you can punch holes in the bottom of stuff to you know let excess resin come out and on a base sure well it's about magnet sized oh no i mean there's there's certainly a world like an alternate version of Brent who would get really into the European yeah, Brent again. Like mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we had Australian just, just Brent removing... show up in the comments last week too. <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> Look, you're stuck with this version of Brent. Yeah. This is <laughs> But but I can see myself in a in a different time yeah. just getting really enamored with, you know, using Blender or something to take one of these three D printable bases removing exactly the amount of space i need to put a circular magnet right. of diameter six thickness 1.5 <laughs> millimeters you can do that <laughs> and that'd actually be really cool yeah. um and i know there there there's at least one base company and i can't remember the name I've, i know uh miniac ran an ad or two mm-hmm. um for them but it's like plastic bases that have that like circular cutout to put the magnet yeah, in. Yeah, I know what you're and, talking and about. And it holds it real good down there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the alternative to that, uh, and I don't know if you've heard of this, are base toppers. So it's all the cool stuff on top printed very thin. So you can print out a lot very quickly. And they're essentially just parts and pieces that you glue on top of your plastic base that you like. And that becomes your base, but it's still resin printed. So it doesn't have the actual like foot on it. That is the base that you don't like. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that that would be something that would work for you. That's much more interesting to me. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just kind of like a in the middle compromise between it. You still get the cool looking stuff. It's uniform and you get your nice plastic base. Just mm-hmm. a thought, just throwing it out there. Man, we'll we'll take this offline, and you can show me some some possibilities. I'm not sure if I've seen any of those okay. necessarily, but uh, but of course that exists. That sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll throw you some links. Yeah. But if you don't have a 3D printer and you want to sculpt a cool base, mm, see, there you think about me. epoxy sculpt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, from. From our last episode, we had a a viewer say that Tom or or TL as we call him say that they like Oatly Fix It Stick, which uh, I I guess that's a that's another type of of two part epoxy putty, and I don't know quite where that fits into the the continuum, but uh, we are always interested in learning if there's anything from the world of of plumbing or home improvement yeah. that is essentially the same stuff as we use in the hobby it, it is normally yeah. that's cheaper normally that's cheaper <laughs> yeah. if, if there is that option so um i'm gonna have to look into the pricing on oatly fix it stick and yeah well uh see where that's at maybe maybe get my hands on some mash it up see if i like the feel he's he also said that it, it dries i think he said right it dries in like 15 minutes so that's something to consider because all of the other po- uh, epoxy putties that we use are between what four or five hours to 24 hours like minimum which is night which is actually what you want if you're uh sculpting with it sure yeah but if you got a quick texture roller or something and Mm -hmm. 
and you know, you, you pop your Oatly's down and you throw a texture roller over the top. Maybe that's perfect. Yeah, I'll have to look into that too. That sounds interesting. Because I, yeah. I could always use putty that dries stupid quick. Like, you know, like I, I sometimes, uh, you know, I get a little impatient, especially when I'm like in a hurry. I'm trying to fix a model, you know, for a video, whatever. I'm trying to get the stuff done. And it's like, I don't have 24 hours to wait for green stuff to dry. You know, which is why I honestly generally don't don't use it in my videos because I, I just don't have the time to dedicate to literally waiting for it to dry. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I'll opt for something like a, a super glue filler. And that oh yeah, it mostly works. But, you know, if you screw it up, you can tell that kind of thing. Like, if it gets on, like, chain mail, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, like... Uh, Something that's quick that's also like a putty that, you know, is like something you could wipe off that makes sense would be useful. Yeah, for filling gaps or something. Mm-hmm. That's definitely interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've also heard like yeah. the, the UV stuff is pretty good for filling gaps. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, you just kind of put it in there and then shine the UV light on it and just cures. Basically resin. Like lightweight resin. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's, you know, exactly the same chemical reaction yeah it would be interesting if we just started using some of our printing resin just you know made ourselves a little vial of that uh to try using for filling i mean it's not a bad idea like i, I don't I know some, a, some of, <laughs> i don't know somebody had yeah. done that right some of it has a very bad smell to it yeah but if you find some kind of odorless printing resin and just use that for filling gaps i think i think that absolutely could work yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll put that on a list of things to do. But I like as it. as always, let us know if uh, any of this has given you a good idea. Because I actually learn a lot of stuff from from random comments of of check this product out or whatever. Yeah, who knows? You could you could be next week's uh, tip of the week. Hey, so something <laughs> to look forward to. Yeah, just just throw a hot tip down there in that comments. Yeah, but if I. Uh, start leaving the house again someday and mm. ever go back to Lowe's, I'm going to find that Oatly Fix-It stick and and we'll see what's up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do want to fill gaps, I, I say Milliput is the way to go. <laughs> you know, just circling oh, yeah. back around to the, the plastic putty. Yeah, you know, uh, like a month ago, I tried out old uh, Marco Frizzone's, uh, mm. not just Mecca. Some butter. Milliput butter. Yeah, Milliput butter. Yeah, where it's just you take, you take Milliput and you kind of mix it up with a little bit of, of alcohol mm-hmm. and you can thin it to the consistency that you want. It's easier to, to jam it down or even brush it into mm-hmm. gaps on your model. And so I did a, I did a squad that way and it was decently effective i think a little more practice and it could really really have something there it acts honestly it acts almost exactly the same as plastic putty in that instance which i don't particularly remind me it it, it, i was having flashbacks to old vallejo plastic putty filling caps Uh, the, the bigger difference is though that it doesn't shrink i don't think i don't think it shrinks don't quote me on that i'm pretty sure it doesn't um but the actual putty won't the you know the the alcohol will evaporate of course right right other than that yeah, yeah. the the putty left over doesn't where the the Vallejo plastic putty it starts to dry and it does shrink 
which is why you yeah, usually have to a single, do a couple a single parts. It's yeah, it's gonna have evaporation and it's uh, gonna shrink. Yep, yep, yep. But plastic putty is not sandable, really, and it kind of is. Uh, but you can tear pieces off where milliput's totally sandable mm-hmm. after a few hours. Yeah. All right. What else is new, Casey? Well, so what? You you had two quick tips. Is that? Well, I had like two half quick tips. Oh. Oh. Like my quick tips are uh, playing cards. There's lots of stuff you can do with them, and uh, epoxy sculpt is good. And both of those are kind of weak enough for quick tips that you could have to- totally just called me out and said no and like not accepted it or given me like a C minus. I mean, okay, said, bringing up playing yeah. cards again, like I was kind of like, eh, okay, okay. But then, you See? know, Hobo Shield, it's like, okay, but that also makes sense. And, you know, they're terrible or, you know, terrible, not terrible. You know what I'm saying? Right, um, right. Yeah, like it's, it's fine. I mean, I was like, what's on my desk? Plastic putty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know um yeah i don't know you just, i just i just feel a pattern coming on here like i'm i'm being left out of the, the loop on these these quick tips sorry sorry i know you had a busy day and weren't able to prepare for this yeah it's been a this long important day. milestone of paint bravely the podcast it's true i meant to prepare and uh, i didn't unfortunately <laughs> um i've been up Look, in the I'm just trying to i'm trying day. to carry the weight here casey i know you're doing a good job <laughs> we have a we have a shocking truly shocking number of listeners listening to this right now so i mean it, somebody's got to be tossing out the quick tips yeah quick tip tip number four hops number nine gun oil for your airbrush it's amazing lube it all up Ooh. okay so so we can talk a little bit about airbrushing for sure yeah i know um, you wanted to so yeah, why don't, why don't you tell us about oiling your airbrush? Because that is something I have never done. Really, and I'm starting to wonder uh, when when that becomes necessary. Well, I mean, there's a few reasons you want to do it, right? Is there's a lot of metal on metal contact, so and you know it's supposed to slide smooth. And the gun oil I mean, is it is it the actual needle that you're oiling? Like which uh, which bits? Yes. Is it even possible to describe without a detailed diagram? Or... I mean, think about an airbrush, and then you know how that, that oh, blow boy. up diagram looks. Oil all that, okay, on the inside. <laughs> so take it take it all yeah. apart, lay it out flat, take a can of WD forty, and just squirt everything. Yeah, don't do that. Um, yeah, don't do that. That would, that would be bad. What if what if you don't have gun oil, Casey? Um, well, considering that, like Vallejo or not Vallejo, but uh, Iowata actually sells oil for their airbrushes, and it is essentially gun oil. Gun oil is just mm. much cheaper than buying Iowata brand airbrush gun oil, right? Um. Like a a small bottle of Hops Number Nine lubricating oil on Amazon is like five bucks, and I've had my bottle, which is you know it's getting down there. It's like half. I've had that for like two three years. You you want to say that uh, brand and item description a little bit slower there? Hops Number Nine, a lubricating okay. oil. Hops. Hops number nine lubricating oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Learn something new every day. Yeah. That was a good tip, Casey. Thank you. Two for two. All right. <laughs> Just making up for your uh, 
Okay. And and a little bit later, I'll look up that diagram that shows which bits benefit uh, from lubrication. Pretty much any get right on any that. of the threaded parts okay. are are good. So yeah, I have I have two airbrushes that I use a lot. Actually, um, I bought a couple of cheaper airbrushes mm. a few months ago, figuring that someday I'll make a video on you know cheap airbrushes versus more expensive ones or or something sure, sure. or at least. I would use them so that I could have the experience of, of using a cheaper airbrush. Okay. Um, but still, mostly what I use is very early on in my airbrushing career, I bought two Badger airbrushes. So I have nice. one with a big nozzle and one with a small nozzle. And, you know, kind of in the learning curve of learning how to airbrush, I did a lot of terrible things to those, you know. I mean, part of it is you have to learn how to mm -hmm. disassemble and reassemble the airbrush you have to learn, you know, how much you actually have to disassemble to clean it properly. And it turns out not very much, no, actually. Almost, in fact, the Once you less, get the hang the of better. it, you, yeah. you pretty much just need to, like, exercise the needle um, without necessarily taking much apart at all. Every once in a while, take the nozzle off and mm -hmm. clean that out. But, but anyway, on in the learning curve... A beginner learning to do anything is going to put a lot of stress on a piece of equipment. Um, you know, I remember like learning how to drive a stick shift car. Like my dad was like, okay, uh, <laughs> we're going to find like $600 or, or, beater. Yeah. Or he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm close to getting rid of this car. <laughs> you, you may destroy the clutch on this car. Right, yeah. Uh, Still got, still got kind of angry when when I had a few uh, little rough starts there, but yeah, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Moved past that. I I drive a stick fine now. That's good. But that's good your skill. first time learning a new piece of equipment, you're, you're gonna put some stress on it. So where I'm going with that is one of my airbrushes. One of the bits that screws into another bit is completely threaded, and just the last time of like, okay, better get that in there good because uh, <laughs> this is the last chance. <laughs> <laughs> so oh no <laughs> but but no it's still working and i figured out how to clean the airbrush without disassembling kind of the the back end there okay and and yeah it's fine but yeah uh yeah <laughs> um where where i'm going with this is i think for for somebody just getting their first airbrush i really think it's a good idea just to get the the 20 dollar airbrush first and learn what the bits are, how mm -hmm. they basically go together, which bits are most likely to break, yeah. get some experience breaking and fixing those, and maybe then get yourself a 80 or $100 airbrush or what have you. Yeah. I, I fall down in the same, pretty much the same area. I actually did a video on that a couple of years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, the G22 or the G233 or whatever, the Masters, the real trash one. But specifically oh, masters, yeah. and they're they're yeah twenty bucks on Amazon on eBay. Uh, they usually come with a bunch of extra stuff, which is kind of handy. Um, but yeah, like uh, I learned how to airbrush using one of those. Like I I used one for a year, and it worked pretty good for a year, and it still technically works. I just went out and bought another airbrush for the fun of it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> like it's in a drawer. I could pull it out right now. <laughs> Nice, nice. 
Yeah, so I'm still working off the, the first two airbrushes that I ever bought, and I know that there is some serious damage on at least one of them, but they're, yeah. they're still working. Yeah. Uh, what? So you, um, you have badgers. What kind of badgers? Uh, I have the Patriot 105 is like my big bore, 0.5 yeah, millimeter. 5, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that shoots primer and, and varnish nice and fast and gets things covered up. And then I have the Chrome, okay, which is... It has either a 0.2 or a 0.3 millimeter nozzle, and it, that's for precision. There you go. Sure, sure. Shoots way slower. Yeah, yeah, it takes a long time to, to empty the, the pot, as it were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been using a, a, a Patriot 105 and a Sotar 2020, which are they're basically the same uh, as the Chrome. Um, yeah, mostly, though, I, I still use the 105. For like everything. Nice. Yeah. I rarely pull out the smaller needle. Even when I'm going in real tight. Seems to work. Mostly. Hey, the more experience you get, the the braver you can be with those those tight spaces. And actually that's the the project I've been working on for the last couple of days is really trying to push myself with the airbrush. And you know, I I spent a lot of my uh, experience working with an airbrush, priming a model and getting one color on there <laughs> and then calling it good and, and taking it upstairs and yeah. getting out the regular old paint brushes and painting them up that way. But uh, yeah, I've been pushing myself to try to get as much of the model done as possible with the airbrush. Mm -hmm. So a main color and um, actually here on the desk in front of me, like this dragon... I was able to get the the blue of the body of the dragon done, but then I was able to get all of his spikes. I was even able to get the teeth done with the, the airbrush. Yes. And more than anything else, it was one finding the angle to shoot with mm -hmm. and then just uh, Using them, kind of uh, squinting a little bit oh, well, and, and being painting bravely, if you will. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm quite happy about that. I was using my my fine nozzle airbrush for the teeth certainly um i even did a lot of his eyes so i um he has glowing orange eyes here nice and so i uh squirted the the socket with white ink and then over the top of that i orange ink mm -hmm. and so the the actual orb of the eye got to be orange and then the nice. the surrounding the yeah the surrounding areas got the glow um and then with a brush, I just put in a, you know, a yellow dot right in the center of the eye, and the overall effect is, is pretty cool. Um, nice. This is one of my my favorite models I've done in a while. So that's cool. Yeah, I I think having an airbrush, using an airbrush as often as you can to paint the most of a model, you know, um, is a huge skill to have. You know, it's I don't know, it just it does something to the way that you look at models. You know, when I pick up a model, I'm thinking, well, how much of this can I airbrush? What percentage can I airbrush? And really pushing yourself in that lane, I think is, is something that's just going to benefit you for a long time. You know, cause if you want to then go after a whole army, you know, if you're practicing on small stuff, it's like, Oh, you know, I, I painted all these orcs with, with an airbrush, right? It's like, I want, skin tone to look a certain way. I want to highlight that one muscle group 
with a lighter green or some skin tone or whatever, you know, a flesh tone, tan. Um, you know, you, you just find yourself coming into situations where you feel a lot better about doing that. And it just mm. looks a lot better. You can get a lot more done a lot quicker. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we mentioned, of course, uh, Kenny earlier on the episode, Next Level Painting. Um, but him and Honestly You, and then uh, there's another channel that I don't think they post anymore, but Buy Painted. Oh, man. Um, there's, yeah. you know, yeah. I used to um, binge, and I still occasionally go back and watch those videos. The Buy Painted mm-hmm. videos. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, it, it's, you know, the airbrush is a tool, and once you start to realize that, hey, I have the option of sure doing that uh, that green bicep with this tool or or one of my other tools mm-hmm. like having that option there good to have yeah yeah and i mean it's always yeah. an option right like you can always use a paintbrush because that's what they're made for mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah are you uh you looking to expand your your airbrushing knowledge here casey i mean it's always something that's on the back of my mind um, and I am in fact pretty soon. Yeah, I know you, you're, you're trying to prompt me. He's trying to prompt me. I can see that look in your eye. I'm, I'm getting there. Um, uh, I'm actually taking an airbrush class from there. He goes. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You made it. So I was, our... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we've been doing Tell this for a while. Airbrushing like, class, Casey. I got, I got this. <laughs> I'm taking uh, a CK Studios airbrush class uh, with Caleb Wisenbeck. Um and that's that's very very soon, actually a lot sooner than I I realized. It's actually in like, well, when this podcast comes out, it will have been yesterday. So soon. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't actually realize that, and uh, I meant to ask editor Matt if he wanted to also go to this class, cause I saw it and I signed up immediately and then it's like next week. Um, so, Hey, editor Matt, if you want to go, you should say something in this podcast. Uh, anyways, so that that's, that's happening. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about that. Cause it's a continuation of the class that both Matt and I took in Vegas in 2019 when, you know, conventions were still happening right mm-hmm. before covid hit so um yeah that's that's i'm looking forward to that and, and actually something kind of awesome i'm taking the class with one of my patrons very cool yeah so i thought that was pretty awesome and i'm excited to do that super random just happens to live in the same area <laughs> hey there's so many people i want to meet in real life and yeah someday that'll happen again <laughs> right speaking of real life too I played my first game of 40k in like 20 years the other day. Really? Yeah. And it was so good. Well, what army were you using? Orcs. Because that that's sense. really all I actually have, like as far okay. as an army goes. <laughs> that's, that's all you have that's not in a box? Okay. I mean, I have, I have like 3,500 points or well, more than that now that I have the, the Warlord thing for the Eldar. But those are old. Okay. I painted those 20 years ago. Uh-huh. I'm not going to I'm not going to bust those out. 
Um, although I have been buying more army specific stuff for Eldar because I'm gonna I want to try and kind of build something new, you know, that fits. Um, but yeah, I, I bust out the orcs and uh, I think I won. Maybe. Like we were, we were just kind of, we weren't playing any specific missions or or doing any objectives. We were just like both trying to relearn how to play this game. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. it was mostly just pushing dudes around on a table. Um, but some some fun stuff happened. Got to like, you know, pop up on a table edge with my my def coptas and blast from behind. And my my warlord came in and was just wrecking people left and right. It was awesome. Um, yeah. In the end, it was uh. Like one death cop to one kill a can left, and he had a like a half a squad of Necron warriors left. So Seems felt good. felt good. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I set up a ping pong table in my garage, and and uh, yeah, had everything laid out. It was perfect. It's exactly. Yeah, that how sounds I wanted. awesome. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe someday, someday, someday. We'll, we'll get to play a game. It'll be a thing. Yeah. Wow. That'll be a that'll be a whole episode all on its own, and we'll have a we'll have a new round of inside jokes and that's true things to complain about and mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. real good. Well, I haven't been playing any games, but I have been watching more movies on the topic of D and D groups. I've been excited for this. What you got? Okay, so last episode of Paint Bravely the podcast, I kind of threw out the challenge for listeners to let me know what other movies are out there dealing with the topic of D&D groups. I just find it a fascinating genre. I think some some great movie will be made someday, but there are already a surprising number of decent movies out there. Not not necessarily, you know, not good, but there's like entertaining at least. Mm-hmm. And so one of the random movies that I had watched on Amazon Prime is uh, The Gamers' uh, Dorkness Rising. And it was a 2008 movie. And what some of our fine listeners pointed out is that that's actually part of like a long running series the the people who made Dorkness Rising also made a movie in 2002 and another one in 2015 and they have some some web series going on and so I just went down a rabbit hole and I have not even come close to fully exploring that Warren but wow it it, it actually was a lot of fun to see you know, starting out in 2002, it's it's clearly, it seems to be a group of college friends and like this, this first movie, which is like 50 minutes long, was shot half just in a dorm, in like a college dorm. And that's where they're, they're playing their game of D&D. And then, you know, as their, as their story is going along, they keep switching back and forth to like the woods, basically, where they're doing some LARPing. But the uh, the bits where they're doing the LARPing and are acting out their characters is actually like pretty funny, and the the quality of those segments is significantly higher than the in person you know gamers playing a game segment. So it was kind of fun. Uh, and the other thing I'm 
really liking about this series is just seeing this group of friends over a period of like 15 years right yeah. continuing to make movies and episodes and whatever else in this genre so like you watch uh the gamers uh okay uh so so this this group or the the youtube channel at least is zombie orpheus entertainment and they've made several movies that start with the prefix the gamers colon something um but yeah you you watch the 2002 movie and then you go and watch the 2008 and the 2015 and you recognize like several of the actors over this pretty long time span and they're getting they're getting older and the the video production quality is getting better right and but they still are clearly loving games and and loving this like silly little project that they're doing and yeah, you know, uh, last episode of Paint Bravely, I was talking about like, man, I'm watching these movies and they're not very good. I mean, they're, they're kind of interesting, but in this this particular vein, it's uh, actually really endearing to see these same people yeah. con- continuing to, to chip away at this. And and like I said then, like there's there's cringy moments, but there's also like, oh yeah, this is pretty funny. Like this is, this is a nice little moment here. Like, mm-hmm. wow, they actually put a lot of effort into this set for uh for this castle that's wow (laughs) (laughs) right like you know where the budget went in certain parts (laughs) oh yeah that's good though that's good i mean i I always like to see that um you know it's like having a a band that you like you know and you like listen to their first album you're like oh that was cool yeah i like that and it's like oh they've been around for for 20 years they got like five albums you know, mm-hmm. you go through that and you just hear that progression all the way through. It's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's That's cool a really to see good that. analogy. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to take a look at that. Cause I've heard of the, the other one that you talked about, the gamers one, um, whatever that one for, I don't know. I already forgot. The one uh, from last week. Rising. Yeah. yeah. That one. I've heard of that, but, uh, I haven't watched any of them yet. And now like I'm way more interested now specifically because it is the same people same production company whatever friends making movies together over a pretty long period of time so that's yeah. that's pretty awesome um yeah like uh, i have a friend who went to high school with like we've been making basically just like cheesy bad movies for a long time um and he like I helped shoot his last movie and uh, it was this whole thing. And it's like finally having like a little bit better camera set up and a little bit better mic set up and, and some, some good stuff going on and like real actors and that kind of thing after having done it with friends for so long and like seeing this kind of progression. Now he's working on a new movie that I'm not doing cause I just can't do it. I don't have any time. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's incredible. Like, to see the the transformation with all these people that I know from, from, from a long time ago, yeah, still making movies, still doing this stuff, trying to get out there. So yeah, I'm super interested in actually following up on this particular series. Right. Yeah. Sounds yeah. cool. And so, uh, thank you listeners. Thank you viewers for, for pointing us in this direction and, there's, there is still much more to explore. They've made a, a whole series of 
web videos and I don't even know how deep it goes, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. Knows. Yeah. Oh man. Well, and if you do have any other suggestions for gamer movies, Dungeons and Dragons groups, a la the guild, the gamers, yeah. the whatevers, things that aren't necessarily super mainstream. Like we know about stranger things. We know about super eight ET, those kinds of things. Um, yeah, so preferably streaming. Just hit us up, comment section, youtube.com slash paint bravely the podcast. We're going to leave those comments. Thank you. Thank you. So I'll keep going with this segment a little bit. I, I found mm-hmm. a new podcast. So I listened to Life After the Cover Save with Blake and Ed. Blake and Ed. on a recent episode, they mentioned another new podcast that comes out, which is called Old as Hell Gamers and Geeks. And so this is. Um, Doug Johnson from uh, Table War fame and uh, Travis from Fartstone, also from 20-Sided Realms. And uh, yeah, they, uh, they sit around and, and talk about games and they've, they seem to be putting effort in, into their podcast. They've mm. got, uh, they, they do bits and they do segments and they've got editing with funny voices and, and audio clips and sometimes they sing and it, <laughs> the uh the premise is is just a a couple of very old men uh spending their their dwindling time on on games and geekdom and yeah i i found the first few episodes funny i'm glad they're i'm glad they're doing this and if you if you get to the end of paint bravely the podcast and you're looking for something else to listen to you got you got old as hell gamers and geeks. You got Fartstone, Twenty Sided Realms, Life After the Cover Save, all, all that stuff. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Always good to to load up the phone and have something to listen to while you're painting. Yeah. After you you know finish this episode. Well, please do, please do. <laughs> you know, I think maybe we should put a quick tip. At the beginning of the episode, but right, then if we have right. if we have a second or third quick tip, we yeah. save that for the end of the episode. Or, or the second one is a surprise. You don't know when in the episode it's going to happen. I mean, that makes more you sense. You can't just that's, listen to the front like, uh, and then skip to the back. You got to right, listen right, to right. the whole thing. Got to listen to the whole thing. You want to learn to paint yeah. bravely, you got to listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, there might be another quick tip in this episode. Yeah, there might we, be. We, it, it's possible. Don't rule it out. It's true. Yeah, we all we both had two somehow. Yeah, not good ones though. So we might have right, a good, good one. Point. Good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Man, speaking of which, since we have been doing this podcast for a long time, I don't even know if we should ask or not. Like. I don't know. For, for, for suggestions? <laughs> yeah, you know. Hey, you're always welcome to give suggestions, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. No promises. <laughs> yeah, I mean, never any promise. I can't. I can't do that. I cannot. I can't promise that something isn't going to come up, and I yeah. won't be able to write a new topic for this Look, week. Yeah, we, we actually always do value suggestions, uh... But this is 
it's not a contract, you know, it doesn't, we won't <laughs> right. necessarily take him, especially if, if Casey's busy all day before mm -hmm. the podcast and yeah. barely even has time to come up with three or four good quick tips, you know? That's true. It's true. I suppose I should talk about that too, because today was a real day. It was a day. Long, real long day. So, okay. I'm going to get, I'm just going to go for it. So I, I have a sister, right? Um, I also happen to live in northern Nevada with, uh, with if, if you're not familiar with that area, um, you know, Reno, Sparks, northern Nevada, right? This kind of bigger city area. Um, we live at the bottom in a valley. You go up the hill to Donner Summit. That's the Donner Summit as in the Donner Party, right? So you kind of get the the idea of the level of snow in the mountains, that kind of thing, the danger, if you will. Don't want to eat people, you know. So going back to I have a sister. She decided it would be a real good idea yesterday, as we're recording this, to, to take a vehicle into a very dangerous area with a lot of snow, thinking that she'd be fine. It'd be great. We could do this whole thing. She'd take her friend. Um, turns out that's a real bad idea and she got stuck like real bad stuck. And like, there were some other people out there with, with some off-road type vehicles that were suited that like helped her get unstuck, but she just kept getting stuck because super deep snow. Right. Um, well, she finally got super stuck. Nobody was around. She called my dad. My dad took his truck out and yeah, he got her unstuck once and then they continue to get stuck continuously um, to make a, a, what could be a very long story short, shorter, if you will. Um, ended up that they had to call search and rescue, which luckily there was service, which is why it didn't end up becoming the Donner party in any way. Um, but uh, I spent all day today they they're fine by the way i should probably mention that they're they're fine like yeah, really uh, if you're if you're watching you can see me like laughing along a little bit and i know yeah. that they're fine Casey he knows the end beforehand. of the story yeah, yeah. It's, fine. Uh, it's fine i'm not just like a really sick sick man right right Donner uh, does your sister uh -huh. listen to the podcast by the way i hope That's something does. else we should get out of the way here soon yeah. <laughs> i don't know if she does or not but uh, uh proceed <laughs> pro I, if she does like i'm i'm gonna tell it to her face <laughs> either way <laughs> <laughs> I did not have a good day. <laughs> um, yeah, so like today is the day after. Um, she still had to go to work, which kind of bumps me out a little bit because then I, I have to go with my dad and we basically like take another truck up there to kind of assess the situation. Turns out it's really worse than it was, you know, than, than it was yesterday, I should say. Uh, so we called the specialty tow service that, uh, like we parked at the foot of the, the hill where it's like a trailhead. Um, and these are all like forest service roads, real terrible, which is why this is just a bad idea in general. Um, but he took us in like a four wheel drive, big truck, right. With winches all over it, uh, and chains on It's like, it was pretty gnarly. And these are not small hills and trails. Like it's. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so we get down there. It's like six miles in. It takes us two and a half hours to pretty much get to the vehicles. 
Uh, we get the vehicles unstuck and only luckily only had to, to winch the one truck out once on our way back out. I was able to manage to in four wheel low drive out my uh, parents Xterra, which was uh pretty nice, pretty sweet car, you know, was surprised. Yeah. So Xterra. Um, but yeah, that, that took literally all day and I, I had already planned on sitting down and doing some kind of important things today and also coming up with some sweet stuff for the podcast. So yeah, sometimes that just doesn't, doesn't happen. So your suggestions really valuable. Same. <laughs> and the next time Casey is doing, you know, a day of tough manual labor and, mm. you know, using the chainsaw and tow trucks. He's going to be thinking about your suggestions. But they're fine. I'm still mad. <laughs> Look, that's the important thing. By the time this episode comes back, you're going to be right as rain. You're going to you're going to make up and you're and hey, maybe by then you will have gotten a car stuck somewhere, you know? Coming I mean, coming back you from know. your airbrushing class, you get yeah. you get stuck. Maybe is, your sister helps you out of that mess. It's right? possible. It's very possible. Um, yeah, you never know. But the airbrush class should be fun. <laughs> hey, maybe Matt's gonna go. You know, if you if you text Matt right now, mm. hey, hey, he might be able to go take a class with you. He might be awake. Yeah. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So you want to get into our, our, uh, what, what, say it, say it. I know you want to say it. Just treat Matt nice. That's all I was going to say. I I try. I'm a pretty good friend, mostly. Mostly. Sure. He's going to write something clippy at the bottom of the screen now. Don't believe him. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was going to say, do you want to get into not, it's not that we actually have a topic literally at all for this episode, if you haven't really noticed. Um, it's a, but we it's a celebration do. episode. Year yeah. two of Paint Bravely, the podcast. We just mm-hmm. got enough, at least another year of basically this in mind. So, I mean, yeah. Unless you have some really good suggestions, and then maybe maybe those will get implemented. Yeah. No, no promises. I mean, either we're going to try harder or we're really just going to keep doing the same thing. I don't know which yet. <laughs> Look, I think we're cruising along here. And, um, yeah, so I had a, had a few things I'd figure I'd talk about today. So something interesting on the Goobertown Hobbies channel is I just did a, a box review for Kill Team Pariah Nexus expansion uh, from mm-hmm. Games Workshop. And that was, uh, interesting because it was the first time Games Workshop has, you know, contacted me and, and sent me a, a review product ahead of, ahead of a release to check out. And it uh, it was not a good box. <laughs> yeah, I'm hearing that from from a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, and and um, sad. so it you know it's 160 dollars American and a total of 12 models in there, some cardboard, some rules which you know based on the company you know are going to be obsolete within eight months and. How how many games of Kill Team Pariah Nexus are you gonna get in the next eight months? You know, and then some like terrain that was not was it just very cardboard good. terrain, or the, was it plastic? The terrain was plastic, but it like okay, 
It was, oh, yeah, no, it's like little boxes. It was there. not good. Yeah. No, like a couple of walls and some boxes. Yeah, like like Monopoly houses. Like they yeah they they have their point in the game, but they don't they don't do a whole lot. Um. But yeah, so I've kind of been thinking a lot lately about you know when companies send us review stock and and is that a bribe and and what does that do to our opinions and. Oh uh, yeah, sure. It's a little bit of a bribe. Yeah, a hundred percent a bribe. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, company sending out review stock is an extremely efficient <laughs> way to market their products. Absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, you know, if, what else are we gonna do? Uh, if Casey and I start being comfortable using the word influencer to describe ourselves, like, mm. uh, don't. Just ignore most of what we say. Uh, just let's get that out of the way right right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah most definitely, like, uh, with a grain of salt with most yeah. things, I think. Enjoy the sounds of our voices, but don't yeah. don't seriously do anything that we right. recommend. And if you are sitting at your painting table right now, change the color in your brush right now. Just change it. Just something good. Something good. Just pick the first thing you see. What it's were you thinking? Just grab it. Clean it know. off right now. Yeah. Well, what were you yeah. thinking? Yeah. You gotta. You just gotta. You gotta change it up a little bit. I know we've been we've been at it. This podcast is going on for a little bit, but we are at that time. You do need yeah. to change it up. Yeah. 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 So um, so yeah, I've got my my first ever box from Games Workshop. My first acknowledges acknowledgement from the the big boys, big brother. And mm-hmm. and it, and it's almost like a dare, like, hey, yeah, review right? review this, right, yeah, and be yeah. honest. Yeah, here's a here's a hundred and sixty dollar box with uh, twelve models in it, and they form Man. two teams. Which I mean, I don't I don't know the rules, but apparently the two teams are like horrendously mismatched. Like it's it's a bad box in like <laughs> multiple ways. <laughs> I wonder what happened then. That's that's super interesting. Well, I mean, it's their way of releasing a couple of new units and having it behind like a, a paywall to get it. You know, yeah. it's it's Necrons and Space Marines, which is the same as all of the other ninth edition starter boxes, basically. True. And yeah. so it's some new units for those forces and for the Space Marines, especially. Yeah. But you want those five heavy intercessors, don't bucks, you? Though. I mean, yeah, you. But, it's, you know. it's a rough box. Like, um, and so they did send it out to yeah, a, a smattering of, of different uh, influencers. You know, I know old Uncle Adam gave it a uh, do, do not recommend. Uh, <laughs> a harsh. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if Guerrilla Games got one in advance. I have to assume they did. They must they, have. Oh, they not... did some uh, battle reports already, but I, I don't know yeah, if you put like... up a review. They, I think they got it before before I did. I got it. I mean, because he, uh, like he a few hours before it went up for presale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and like when I was kind of opening it up, Gorilla uh, Gaming was posting like battle reports with fully painted yeah. uh, units from that box. I'm pretty I mean, sure. Yeah. I mean, that dude is is quick. He is. He is dedicated. Like, he, he will put he the effort a, in. Probably still got it a couple of days before me, but yeah. Um, I think I got my box around the same time that uh, old Uncle Adam did. 
All right, then. But but yeah, so <laughs> I I played it off like I mean, there's there's no obligation to actually make a review video. Um, right. That's that's the tact I've taken with with every company that contacts me is, um, you know, it it is useful for me to see products. Part of what I laughingly call my job is to be aware of, of what's going on, what's, uh, what's out there, what different companies are up to, and having something to look at helps me. And if it is something that I think would make a good video, then we'll see. But um, so it's very much a um, yeah, okay, I'm willing to give you my address and um, I'll, I'll take a look and, and no promises. And so mm -hmm. certainly an option is get a package from Games Workshop. Cannot say too much nice about this. Just don't even make a video. But I decided it'd be funny to make a cats playing in boxes video. So I, I made a joke video which, which started out very much like a, a typical unboxing review video of me like I got this new box here we're going to talk about it but careful viewers will note that in the whole intro there was a cat licking its butt like in the foreground <laughs> of, of... <laughs> careful and, careful watching viewers yeah. yeah and that progressed <laughs> to me like okay here's the back of the box with like on the side of the shot there's a cat sitting there hanging out um yeah, and then and then that progressed to me taking everything out of the box really quickly. Like, uh, here's twelve models. Here's half a rule book. Here's like a stupid poster or something. And then you know, put the cat in the box. And then just a couple of minutes of just cats playing in boxes. And then let's compare this to the Indomitus box. And then just shots of cats playing in the Indomitus box. It, I mean, I had I had a fun little time with it. It's not uh, it's not a joke I'm gonna repeat too often. Sure. And if I do repeat it, it's just going straight to Goobertown Cats. That's where that belongs. But <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's cats playing in boxes with uh, Brent voiceover, yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of bummed that uh, the first thing that uh, the overlords over at Games Workshop send is <laughs> have you checked out Goobertown's The only thing video? they they send is. Just, <laughs> yeah yeah oh i mean i could make a video painting up heavy intercessors but they don't look that much different from regular space marines no. so no yeah. and 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 that's really the the problem like you know it's like oh yeah i got an indominus box and then i got that box. it's like it's not it's not necessarily that that we don't appreciate the fact that people send us things in the mail but it's like it's really hard to to create compelling content if it's literally the same thing. Like a Necron is a Necron is a Space Marine is a Space Marine. Like it's not different. Yeah. Well, the the Indominus box there were there were a few interesting things. There were the bikes in there. There were the guys with the shields. Yeah. Um, and I did make a video with the guys with the shields. Those, um, those dudes were pretty sweet. But those we are, hadn't those seen are, those. Those before, look right? awesome. Those are. Yeah. They're new. They're inspired. Yeah. Like for Space Marines, I was kind of stoked on those. Those look cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my point is, it's like Indominus wasn't that long ago. Mm. I don't know if you want to do that many Space Marines back to back. Right, right. Yeah. That that's and, what I'm uh, saying. Yeah. So sometimes companies send us stuff, and it it 
piles up a little bit, like yeah, not complaining, not complaining. But right. um, so the the video I've been working on, I'm actually really excited about it and having a fun time with it. But I'm realizing that over the course of the the episode, I'm giving shout outs to like five different random companies that have sent me materials. So there's uh, custom stencils because I'm doing an airbrush stencil. And then there's the, the three models I'm, I'm using in the video are from three different companies that, uh, <laughs> that sent me the model review. But, um, and so I spend a lot of time thinking about the, you know, ethics and morals of, of what we do and what we put out there for people to watch and, you know, what our role is and, bias and yeah. are are we encouraging people to be using their time in in ways that most people find beneficial to their lives are we encouraging people to spend money in reasonably good ways or you know um it doesn't always come through but i actually spend a lot of uh mental capacity kind of thinking about these bigger questions Mm -hmm. And in that process, there's definitely some rationalization that goes on. So when I first started the channel, I was like, ah, I'm not going to take handouts from companies. Like, what, what <laughs> We're not going to sell out for Yeah, I'm not going to sell out. Um, but I've kind of reached a, a new equilibrium here where I think if... A company sends us something that actually, that that not just provides like, you know, a bribe, a plastic bribe. Um, mm -hmm. If a company sends something that actually increases our understanding of, of the hobby, of the market, uh, of what's going on in the gaming industry, then that's really useful and important. So yeah. as an example, you know, the, the dragon I held up earlier, um, this is from Archon Studios, which uh, is the company that makes the plastic terrain that's been on Black Magic Craft, that's um, been on Dana Howell, um, several other channels as well. And I mean, they're, they're playing the game right of, of sending out samples to, uh, you know, YouTubers and presumably mm -hmm. podcasters and other folks to just say, Hey, look at what we're doing. Um, play around with this. And this was a company that, uh, they do like big Kickstarters for terrain and stuff. So the, the ramparts terrain, the dungeons and lasers, that was, that was these guys. And it's, it's essentially pretty nice and very affordable plastic terrain. And, and in this case, they also made a dragon to go along or several <laughs> dragons, I think, to go around along with dungeons and lasers. And it's, you know, hard polystyrene. It's the same type of plastic that GW or, um, you know, weird is using. And it's, uh, it's pretty good actually. Like yeah. this was something like I, I had seen the, the ramparts campaign and like, you know, I'd seen, um, you know, a few videos about some of the terrain before. 
But, you know, I got an email from them and they're like, hey, can we, can we send you some stuff? I'm like, yeah, sure. No guarantees. We'll take a look. And then um, <laughs> turned out like I, I actually really liked it. And the the point I'm making here is this is not something that I ever would have bought for myself. Like I have just just on the shelf behind me, I have a lifetime <laughs> worth of, of potential products right, or yeah. projects and products. Um, old Chris Price. It lasted yeah. his life, and it, it it certainly could last my life as well, uh, I would depending hope so. on health considerations. Yeah, right. And and future medical advances and cybernetics, yeah, wear, robotics. Yeah, wearing a mask while you airbrush your giant dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But but anyway, so so kind of the the new equilibrium that I found is that. If uh, if a company sends me free stuff and it actually increases my awareness and my ability to communicate useful information back out, um, then then I think I can deal with the the bias that it that it clearly must introduce. Right. Um, yeah. But anyway, again, I absolutely never would have bought this dragon, but I had a blast painting them up uh yesterday and the day before and just one of my favorite models that i've done in a while it looks and sweet, uh dude. yeah like even even on the the webcam that we use like it looks sweet <laughs> like it does yeah. i can see the nice yeah. transitions like especially that that you know the membrane between the wings or on the wings like oh. it looks sweet yeah. looks sweet um and of course we're we're always getting in contact with you know 3d printing and and uh, you know, various sculptors, that's, uh, you know, anyone who watches YouTube knows that that's like the most common paid advertisement on, on YouTube channels is for 3d yeah. printing. Um, right and now that's, they're hitting hard on that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Danny has made a set of dragons before there are plenty of, of big beasts and stuff out there, but it's kind of nice to have one in plastic, actually. I've dropped this several times over the last day. And it didn't break <laughs> once. That was awesome. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the fact that they're making stuff out of the like the same type of plastic as GW, you know, I've always wondered, like, what? Why aren't more companies just doing the same thing? Like, why aren't they costs. hiring? Yeah. Well, sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure that's something to to take into consideration. And like 3D printing. And modeling and all that stuff is is a whole thing, and it makes sense, you know. But being able to have your stuff in a range like that, like I guess Conquest is probably the only thing I can think of that's relatively new. It's been like that, or maybe like Kings of War when they kind of revamped it. But like you just don't see it very often, you know. And I I think that there is a place in the market for somebody to come in with like some big ip and compete but you know who knows i'd love to see it yeah, yeah i'd love to see it um but yeah this this video that i'm working on I, i'm airbrushing three models and i'm having a great time but i'm realizing that i'm giving like shout outs to i think five different companies who sent me free <laughs> stuff like yeah uh and you know, for, for all of them, it is useful information for me to have. You know, it's, uh, I, 
At this point, I gain no benefit from 3D printers showing up at my door, but it is useful to be able to do at least a little bit of comparing and contrasting, yeah. uh, even if the, the overall message is that these 3D printers are all pretty similar. <laughs> uh, you know, they are made in maybe the same or adjacent factories. Right. right. You know, <laughs> with the same parts. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, no, it's something I think about, and I, and I know you know. As of like a year ago, all the YouTube channels suddenly like, "Hey, I got this printer, and let's see what it can do." And so, and of course, that's all driven by reasonably smart people saying that the best yeah. way to advertise our product is just to send send out review stock and get it into. Yeah. Uh, as many hands of you know YouTubers and, and such as possible. Well, I mean, and... I, I remember specifically uh, Boulder Creek Railroad, uh, Luke Talon. Mm -hmm. uh, it was years before anybody else. Years, like two, at least two, two years, had a resin printer, mm. and he printed out like some little HO scale dudes, a little, little truck like a cow and he painted them and he's like, puts them into, you know, his scenery setup, And it was just like, Holy crap. Like the game yeah. is completely changed. And that was like a couple of years ago. And now, now that everybody's getting them, it's just, I don't know. It's we're getting inundated with more plastic. <laughs> I got so much. Yeah. Never ending. Yeah. Look, I, wanted, I just wanted to let people know that I, I hadn't completely sold out, you know? Right, right even right. Even if I'm giving kudos to five different companies for mm -hmm. sending me free shit in this next video, like, it's still awesome. still yeah. Goobertown Brent over here. And Funyuns are delicious. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sponsored by Funyuns. Uh, I had to pay for that bag of Funyuns. Oh, okay. I had to pay for the other bag of Funyuns, too. <laughs> Did you, though? Mm -hmm. Did you? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And uh, you know, the the grocery store diet orange soda like that. Mm. Hey. They're they're not giving out sponsorships. No, generally not. <laughs> those guys. Uh, none of none <laughs> of those generic brands are. Yeah. No. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing though if they did? <laughs> like you see somebody like is that is that Pepsi? Like, no. Like this is Whatever the hell that... no, that's uh, that's Doctor Thunder <laughs> exactly Doctor yeah. Perky Doctor yeah. Thunder, which Dr. which P, isn't half yeah. bad honestly yeah oh no it's not no but I like talking it. about old bands like my my friends in high school that was their band name Doctor Thunder it's a strong Seriously? name I mean it is yeah, strong Doctor Thunder well yeah. they they might have some issues uh, trademark on that you know like Sunny Select owns Doctor yeah, Thunder they didn't get uh, big enough for that to really be an issue oh that makes sense. I mean, they they could have maybe won, you know, but I think no, a lot of people I don't think have they would have done feelings. well going up against uh, Sam's Club and Walmart. But it's probably true. It good never point. became an issue. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so um, on on this topic, uh, so so yesterday a box arrived unannounced on my doorstep. I'll pull it out here. Hold on. Ooh, all right. Oh yeah. So that is a much anyone, bigger box. Yeah, this is this is a big box. So if anyone is watching on YouTube, you are seeing a very nice box. It's uh, kind of the footprint of like a, a Warhammer 
uh, you know, edition start box. Yeah. It's a, it's a big box. It has some awesome fantasy art on it. It looks like, I mean, it looks like hero quest or something. Oh yeah. It looks very much like hero quest actually. Yeah. It is a nice looking box. It's called game master dungeons and caverns core set. And, um, I mean, if I saw this in a store, like this, the the packaging is captivating. The packaging on this big box that I'm holding that came in the mail is amazing. Yeah. And I'm gonna open it up here. We're yeah, we're do doing a little unboxing right they, here. I'm just gonna just quick point this out. We are doing an unboxing on a podcast. I'm just gonna. We, we're doing an unboxing quick. on a podcast. Um, between the two of us, we are gonna describe this in exquisite detail. It'll be like Sweet. you're right here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I do. I do have to say that the the box does look pretty good. I like the way the box looks. It's got this nice kind of uh, almost like Arkham Horror purple, you know, going on. Some some figures in terrain bits. Okay, I'm seeing some foam being pulled out of here. Like more than it? half of this box is foam. That's that's what's in the box. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, so this there's is... foam being pulled out of the box because you know you you craft things out of foam. So this is uh, Army Painter's, like, black magic craft in a box, basically. Which they, um, they did, right? Yeah, so it's um, a cheap foam cutter, some paints, and then, like, most of the rest of the box is packed with foam. Sure. <laughs> How much did that uh, Like, like styrofoam. Um, is it at least, like, the dense styrofoam? It's not, it's not like the, the balls. You can see the individual. I don't see any balls. Okay, so it's not like a um, like packing styrofoam where you know it's the cheap crap. Yeah, it's like the the, the of, heavy. There's a can of spray stuff. paint in here. Okay, um, that'll melt that foam. That's fine. <laughs> so, I I haven't looked this up. I think this box is priced at around a hundred dollars. Uh, Whoa! It's I mean, the packaging looks amazing, and it the does. box is heavy, and like. Mm. I can I can see I can see this flying off the shelves. Okay. But I can also see like getting home and open it up and like, oh, more than half of this box is just a stack of styrofoam. I mean, if I was little Susie buying me a game master box down at the local hobby shop or hobby lobby, probably. I can't imagine I'd be too happy opening a box like that. So there's uh, there's a little bit of uh, like sand, uh, you know, you, there's there's some other basing materials in here. So okay. there's a couple of different types of primer, what I assume is Mod Podge, uh, like Army Painter Mod Podge. Um, right. And it, I mean, there's a, there's a foam cutter, there's a utility knife, there's a ruler, there's a, there's just a, like three pieces of plastic terrain. Uh, like tiny, tiny yeah, pieces tiny. of plastic terrain, and there's three paint brushes. I don't know. Um, I, I'm not gonna make a video about this box, but it was. I, I just thought it was really interesting. Like the the packaging is so good. It looks like uh, Hero Quest or, or yeah, Warhammer yeah. Quest or something. And then you open it up, and it's just all styrofoam. I just thought the uh, yeah, the dichotomy there was was pretty interesting, fascinating, really. I mean, okay, then I guess I suppose the question is then like, who who is this box for? Because if you are the kind of person 
who wants to DM your games and also build terrain, I feel like you would have hit a point before purchasing a $100 box where you are watching some some Black Magic Craft. You know? That you're getting these materials from things that you probably have around the house or that you can get easily. Like, you can get packing foam and other kinds of good foam from most boxes that you have in your house. Time out. Time out, he says. Right when I'm on a roll. Yeah, okay. So, so who is this box for? Yeah, I mean, my point was basically that if you're the kind of person who wants to build this stuff and put this stuff together, you're probably already doing it with things around the house. Like, what is this box offering above and beyond the things that you probably already have access to? And especially for the price. Like, what are you not getting that this box is providing? Well, I think you certainly could buy all of the components separately pretty easy, probably for cheaper. Uh, But I think it's the everything all in one place, everything you need to get started. The, uh, the, The rainy day activity set sort of thing. Okay, see that. Um. And I, this is one of those things where I wouldn't have bought it uh, at this point. I don't think I can recommend it, but I, it actually might get me into trying to do some of the terrain stuff that Jeremy does on Black Magic <laughs> oh, Craft. Man. Like, uh, since I have it, I might actually give it a shot. Uh, I mean, I'm noticing I suppose. here that despite this being packed with foam, it is all, I think, half inch foam. Like, it's all the same thickness. There's right. none of the like, it's all thicker than than regular like poster board foam or something like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I might actually give this a try. This this might be what it takes to get me to experiment a little bit with with terrain building or something. But sure. Uh, um, yeah. So, so this I is suggest. what I mean. Like uh, like companies sending stuff to influencers whether they're giving it good press or not, it is useful for us to be aware of this because this is something, this this product did kind of make some waves in our community. Like people definitely were talking about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at a lot of the conversations were, isn't that just like a starter kit of what all the, you know, terrain channels kind of tell you to buy anyway. And I mean, yeah, yeah, they're, you know, trying to monetize on that. And I mean, with, that's, uh, that's what it comes down to, got. right? Is is there companies with the startup or the capital to invest in a space that they know exists um, to put out a product that does fill that very specific need, right? There's a lot of people watching terrain channels. And they don't necessarily know where to start, even if they're being given those instructions. It's like, okay, well... I don't know. This kit could be sold by a channel, right? Packaged, put together, shipped, delivered. Here's my kit. But like a lot of channels don't have the the kind of money to just throw down on something like that and go all in. Um, So these, these companies are, I don't want to say taking advantage, but I think they're, they're picking up on an opportunity to jump in. And that's really what's going on. Yeah, I think 
I think it wouldn't feel so weird if it wasn't mostly foam in here. And that's kind of the nature yeah. of what this hobby is. I mean, yeah, or, it is. Yeah, or what this craft is. Um, you know, if it was a, a learn to start knitting kit and there were three different sizes of knitting needles and there was the like bendy knitting needle thing and I'm going to run out of like these words real fast. Right, yeah. There was like a hand spinner and there was uh 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 yarn uh, like a, a soft measuring tape in there and there was uh but anyway if you bought your knitting learn to knit kit and it was filled with like you know seven different colors of yarn with a couple of different textures and, and thicknesses in there that would be an awesome kit but right. in this case it is 60 percent of this box is is styrofoam and it, that, maybe that's just part of the nature of this craft that like the inside of the box is gonna look disappointing. <laughs> I mean, okay, and I I can buy that to a point, right? Um, except that the cost—that's that's where it falls apart, right? Is is the cost? Um, if you're paying a hundred dollars for ninety percent foam then it's kind of, it's like, a, it's a feel bad kind of thing, right? Cause like I can go to a home store, like a home Depot or a Lowe's and I can buy uh like a, a three by three sheet of pink insulation foam for $5 for five bucks. And that's 10 times more foam than that kit gives you for a hundred dollars. In fact, for $25, I can buy an eight by four sheet of it. And I can have foam for my whole life to build all the projects. Man, you should do unboxing videos, Casey. I think just you'd, rip them a new one. Yeah, oh yeah, you'd have a blast. Well, personally, if I were going to do an unboxing of something like that, I would probably want to go through piece by piece and be like, "This is two dollars. This is the, the government bought cents. this hammer for one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> right. The government <laughs> bought this toilet seat for two hundred and thirty-seven dollars. Yeah. This is correct, sir. Yes. Yeah. I mean, okay, like uh, I, I did a sponsored spot, a couple of them for uh, a Warpfire Minis, right? And, I, and you have too, um, like especially early in our in our YouTubing jobs, like they were pretty awesome to us and they sent us stuff. Um, and their promise was, hey, this box is basically guaranteed to be X amount of dollars in product. So, I mean, I broke it out model by model and I did research and I threw that in the videos. And I'm like, it is. It is exactly what they say. How cool. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, you know, fun. the uh the people who open up magic packs, which is kinda like one of those warp fire miniatures, uh random miniature boxes, which you Fair can buy on warpfireminiatures.com. Uh it's got the the same feel as opening up a pack of miniatures, but you go and you watch uh Tolarian Community College or you know, one of those other MTG channels. They're open up the packs. They put the dollar values on that pack. They There's do. There's the uncommons. Yeah. 32 cents, 10 cents, 10 cents, $1, 27 cents. There's the rare. My goodness, that rare is worth $2.74. That's a good rare. And, and the prices make it more fun. Like, what did you get in there? <laughs> you know you're gambling. What'd you get? What'd you get, gambler? It's It's kind of funny how... You know, because like a pack of magic is like five bucks, right? These days, it, it's gotten pretty expensive. Uh, 
and it is straight up gambling. Like when I buy a pack of magic, unless I'm buying like three packs and I want to draft, like I'm just gambling. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Otherwise, those cards go in a drawer. I can I can go to a drawer right now and show you my gambling habit. Right, like just pull it out and be like, yeah, I got. I don't know what I got out of this. Like I haven't used any of these cards literally ever. Couldn't tell you what any of them are. Oh, I I got a, a you know a sixty dollar rare though. Sold it on eBay. <laughs> like That's yeah, a good memory. Oh man, I got a lot of those memories. I did a lot of buying and selling Magic, man. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was in the Magic game for a while. Before before the miniatures game. Yeah. It'll come back around. It will, actually, ironically. Um, or coincidentally, I suppose. Uh, the person I played Warhammer with is good friends with Tolarian. Community college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Used to live same town. Good friends for a long time, apparently. Uh, the professor. Yes. Yeah. So just like random, weird, like, you know, degrees of separation. Just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Look, this is this is a whole different thing, but I've I've been watching some pack opening videos recently. Mm. And uh he's those, he's got this series. Super where... quick fire Rudy box openings. Rudy is fast. This is my favorite. I can't even watch Rudy is fast. Alpha investments. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Like I watch other people unbox and I'm just like, oh, it's staying so long. (laughs) Staying so So long. uh, As a youth, my game was Star Wars customizable. SWCCG. Star Wars customizable card game. Collectible card game. Oh man, I forgot what the first C stands for. It was collectible. But yeah. yeah, it was a Star Wars game. And a few weeks ago, I I got on this track of watching unboxings of like twenty year old Star Wars packs. <laughs> nice. And this this one guy I was watching, he takes every care in the world to preserve the wrapper because oh somebody's gonna want this wrapper. Nobody wants that wrapper. Nobody, Nobody wants the wrapper. But anyway, it slows down the pack opening videos by oh. like. Oh. 10 times yeah it's just like oh shoot me now really you gotta be really careful here now rudy my man rudy alpha <sighs> investments pow. oh man God. pow and he's got like three more seconds and he has them all sorted out into his piles God, I love you it. Know? oh yeah. see those quick hits of gambling it, i mean it, it is and and every time it's like that little bit of uh endorphin kick right yeah. like he's, he's gonna pull the he's gonna, oh there it is all right, next one. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Look, depending on what this uh, Warhammer Magic the Gathering crossover looks like, if there if there is a decent randomized element, if there's like a you know, if there is an excuse to start cracking packs of Magic cards and call it a video, um, hey, heads up, fair warning. You knew what you were getting into. You, you knew point. what this was going to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Honestly, like, okay, let me let me lay this out there. Like, would it be so inappropriate if an entire episode of Paint Bravely was just us opening packs of Warhammer magic cards and reading out what they did? Like, you'd paint to that, right? You'd sit there and, and paint to that. I mean, I suppose it's very select cross-section Venn diagram of people. 
<laughs> might alienate 90% of everyone, but 10% would be so happy. Well, that's why, you know, the professor does it so well is because he edits his videos so that like the dollar value of the card pops up. I like that a lot. Yeah. And so, I mean, you have to really be into magic to know the value of a lot of those cards. Yeah. Like yeah, if, true. if, uh, you were watching that video without the overlay, you'd be like, oh, that card looks kind of cool. That, that one looks kind of cool. And you right. might, you, you might be completely off about whether or not that was a, yeah. a high dollar value card. Yeah. I do Very appreciate that. Be completely the, the, the off. dollar yeah. amount on there. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's the only thing we got to be careful of is if we're opening packs or just like oh that's kind of cool that's kind of cool oh that one's definitely from Warhammer oh yeah yeah like I I feel like we we could ruin it just by our that's ignorance that's a good point okay I'm yeah with you the yeah. our real time ignorance you kind of have to have a layer of of Matt making it interesting and and maybe Matt could just pop in every once in a while and that was not a good card. That no, they yeah. they, they should not be, be excited like, right now. What is this magic thing they are talking about? I'm not <laughs> having any any part of that. Like I ain't already here. <laughs> like what are you talking about? <laughs> but, yeah, there there is that gambling aspect. That man, if I can find the right excuse to just start opening a few packs of magic, it, it'll yeah. happen. You just you can't give yourself that excuse. That's what it comes down to. Now. Now this yeah. may be a story for another time, but I, but uh, did I ever tell you the story about when they I, I participated in a in a medical study about uh, gambling? The only time I've I've been this involved in a medical study, they they paid me because they would have to, and it involved shooting me up with something, sticking me in an MRI, and uh, showing me a gambling game while showing me pictures of burn victims, pornography, and Disney World. And um, I'm not sure how that study went, but it was an interesting one. It was about gambling. It's about gambling. So, like two I... old top flight researchers there in Boston. Oh, it was I've got I've got plenty of stories. I'm full of stories. You mentioned gambling, that's all. Right. And on that note... Yeah. <laughs> you, you think this just appears here fully formed? Like, no, there's a history here. Weird stuff happened. I mean, I've no? never participated in a medical study. Oh, you, uh, you never know what you're going to get. It can get weird. I feel like, I feel like that's honestly reserved for, for East Coast towns like Boston, where there's so many colleges. They're just yeah, like, this is for yeah. college. This is for study, and they can just get away with that stuff, you know? Yeah, and actually, who knows? on the T, there are very frequently posters for, like, would you like to take part in this kind of study? Yeah. Want to earn some more money? There, oh, okay, I've seen a few of Do those. Do you want to so. help with this kind of research? In Reno, though, you don't you don't respond to those, those kind of papers. It's a bad idea. I didn't need the money, but I wanted the money. Oh, you always kind of want the money. But see, <laughs> that's how they got you. They shot you up with saline, and they're like, just the fact that you showed up, you were willing to gamble. That's that's the kind of crap that people, yeah, you want 50 bucks? He's here, isn't he? He doesn't mm -hmm. know what we're shooting him up with. They were gambling. It's like trading places with that dollar. They were just handing the dollar back and forth like they can make it happen. Ah, memories. Well, on that note, 
we, we good are we outroing i was gonna do that yes i was gonna do that All together, like, Casey, unless more... you thought of something else to talk about the time that i mean you just said you would never took play tarp never took part in a medical study like, i mean yeah i've never taken part in medical study i haven't tell I, a, I don't know. tell a story about four wheeling or something and how that relates to gambling or save it for yeah, next time for, for next time i thought i thought the whole off-road thing that was that was the thing we talked about Anyways, on this horribly disappointing ending to a podcast, thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. We appreciate you, and we're hoping you're having a great day. And we're out. I was going to say something else and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Did you really participate in some bullshit? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That sounds like a good place to pick up for next time. <laughs>